inspired leadership is if you don't thousand percent believe in what you're doing and believe in what you're doing is adding value to the world, I suggest you change. Welcome to Inspiring Leaders, the podcast that shares ideas, perspectives, and best practices from great leaders around the world to help you become a more inspired leader. Hey there, and welcome back to the Inspiring Leaders podcast. I'm Terry Lepofsky, and on this week's show, we're chatting about ethical leadership. Let's start off by acknowledging that being a leader can be tough. The amount of complexity and responsibility on the shoulders of today's leaders can be staggering. And with all the expectations and unforeseen challenges that leaders face every day, there has to be a special place at the top of the respect meter for those leaders who are willing to go above and beyond the demanding call of duty. Our guest today is one of those rare birds that flies high up above the flock. In addition to all the amazing work that he's doing every day and responsible for day to day, he's discovered another calling, a mission of giving back by supporting nonprofits, charities, and social enterprises with very high-level, world-class executive coaching. Coming to us from the medieval city of Sambor, Croatia, Benjamin Croft, welcome to Inspiring Leaders. Thank you for having me, Terry. Benjamin, I got to ask you my first question, which has become a bit of a tradition on this show. What leader has inspired you and why? I'd have to say Buckminster Fuller. The reason for this is his great general premises is that the greatest use of a human life is to add as much value as you can to the world. And that was the rationale behind how I started my nonprofit ethical coach with an effort to how I can use my ninja skills, my resources and my experience to add the very much I could possibly add to the world. And that came from Buckminster Fuller. Well, I think you've got a great inspiration because I cannot get over all the things that you're involved in. You've got to be one crazy busy guy. I mean, even a glance at your LinkedIn page, you're the president of the World Business and Executive Coach Summit. You were just named to Inc. Magazine's list of fastest growing companies in the U.S. and U.K. for 2018. You're also the co-founder of Conversational Intelligence for Coaches, the Coach Master Toolkit. You're the co-founder of Conversational Intelligence for Coaches, along with Judith E. Glazer, the co-founder of The Narrative Coach with Dr. David Drake, and also the co-founder of the world's leading methodology on how to measure ROI for coaching with Lisa Ann Edwards. And I know that happens to be front and foremost in the minds of many organizations out there. So as I alluded to in the opening, in addition to all of this, you're flying even higher now with a pretty noble cause. You went and founded Ethical Coach, and that's taking off. So I know our audience would love to hear a lot about all of these ventures, and definitely I know that we'd love to hear more about Ethical Coach. So if you don't mind, Benjamin, give us a little bit of background and insight into all of this. What is it that you're doing? What's going on with things, and where's it going? The organization we're best known for is WBEX, which is the World Business and Executive Coach Summit, which is now the world's largest gathering of professional coaches. We had just over 22,000 coaches attended this year. That's been our platform for what we have launched our other programs where the summit goes wide and gives people a good sample of all the different programs we do. The individual programs that we launch go deep into what has now become, for example, conversational intelligence is the, the fastest growing new methodology in the coaching profession. 
It's all about the neuroscience of relationships. It's a very, very exciting program. And what we're now doing is we're using these programs to help develop coaches to become some of the best coaches in the world so that they can then become part of Ethical Coach, whose mission is all about providing nonprofit leaders with high-grade executive coaching that they wouldn't normally be able to afford. And so we're making coaching more accessible to children's charities across the world with our aim to get to 64,000 coaching engagements every year with children's charities, nonprofits, and social enterprises. 64,000 in a year. That's incredible. And our, our KPI is did as a direct result of the coaching, uh, 100 extra children get served that wouldn't otherwise have been, had it not been for the coach supporting the organization in increasing its organizational capacity. So it'd be 6.4 million children every year that we'll, we're aiming to serve that wouldn't be otherwise. Now that is a ding in the universe. That's huge. I can see what motivates you and gets you going every day to keep this one going and to keep building it up. How many coaches do you have involved in this now? So we have just over 104,000 and our goal is to get to 32,000 coaches delivering two coaching engagements every year. So we'll get to 64,000 coaching engagements each year. That's spectacular. My hat is off to you. What an absolutely noble cause to be involved in. Thanks, Terry. We have some amazing people. We have uh, some of our first coaches of people like David Peterson, who's the, the head of coaching and leadership at Google. And we have Dr. Marshall Goldsmith, who's the president of the World Bank's coach. We have the head of the Harvard Institute of Coaching's coach. Uh, we have Frances Hesselbein, who is an incredible leader, who is the CEO of the Girl Scouts of America, and she's a Presidential Medal of Freedom recipient. And the list goes on. We have many of the very top coaches in the entire world who have volunteered to be part of our initiatives. So we're very excited. Yeah, I saw the Dr. Marshall Goldsmith, Ken Blanchard, John C. Maxwell, Dan Pink, Brian Tracy. It's incredible. Each of those have spoken at our event. We actually, this weekend, are going to be heading to the World Bank, and we're actually going to be recording Dr. Jim Kim, the president of the World Bank, which is very exciting. And he's going to be talking about both our event uh, with Marshall Goldsmith. They're, they're going to be speaking for the event, sorry. And they will be talking about our nonprofit ethical coach as well, which is very exciting. So are there some fairly typical themes? And I'm talking more about ethical coach here. Are there themes that you find that are recurring with some of the leadership coaching, executive coaching that's happening with the nonprofits? Are there some things that you can point to that would say, this is kind of our top 10 playlist, the types of things that we tend to focus on with these coaches? If the coach is good, the coach will identify very unique issues that are unique to the individual. And they will have a, a very strong repertoire of coaching tools and methodologies and, and good frameworks that they can bring in that are relevant to that particular scenario. One of our first projects in, is actually in Ethiopia. Um, and we're going to be setting up a workshop for 400 NGO leaders there. So, you know, we're talking about Ethiopia, a very, very different climate state, for example, the United States or Canada. And so what we've done is we've inco incorporated a research study that is undergoing right now, we're actually at the end of it, to identify what are the top 10 issues relevant to leaders of NGOs, industry specific, within Ethiopia, so location specific. And they're actually very different to the issues that you might find, for example, in a fast growing tech industry, or for example, you know, the top Fortune 100 companies, the issues that their leaders face there. And even within industry, within size of companies, very different. So actually, you'll find that there's a wide variety of different issues that leaders face. And most of them are very individual. And really, a, you know, a top coach is all about identifying the specific issues of that individual leader and then devising a very customized and non-cookie cutter solution um, to help that leader overcome it themselves and change their own behavior. It seems like it must take a lot of creativity and a lot of research as well to start addressing matters. 
So they're not looking at things like how to engage our teams and how to make sure that people are moving towards the vision and mission of the organization. They're, they're looking at things that are very much different than what we would see. And as you mentioned, high-tech companies and Fortune 500 companies in North America. Yes, general common issues that you're bringing in the coach or motivation or efficiency or productivity or team issues, time-related issues, very much their general concepts. And when you deeper dive into those issues, you know, team, for example, it's really a case of, okay, so what are the issues within the team? And what, okay, it's engagement issues. Okay, within engagement, is it employee engagement? Is it leadership engagement? Okay, but closer. And the closer you can get to really diagnose the, the true issue, the more easy it is to, to actually coach them through what the true areas are. And, and often you have to go beyond the actual individual leader into the team and, and, and coach the entire team to actually really identify what the issues are so you can then provide that formal solution for it. And are they problem solving with real life examples and helping each other to figure things out with real life issues that they may be facing or roadblocks that may be holding them and their organization back? A good coach is able to bring out the best in the individual leader. Right. It's not about coach bringing their nice and being a consultant. A good coach often has consulting skills as well, of course, um, and is able to create that blend. But really a good coach is, is asking the right questions. And is able to, as I say, diagnose issues so that the, some, the, the individual leader um, is able to create their own path based upon that. Uh, and that works. That, that, that's what has always been the most powerful. And, and, and the top coaches in the world are not coming in and, and actually providing the actual solutions, but instead to help the individual to find their way and find their own solutions. I like to call that the download versus the upload. If you're a consultant, you come in and somebody says, look, I've got a problem with team engagement or with motivation and I've got a low morale, you've got a consultant that'll come in and say, well, don't try that. We've already done that with several other organizations. It doesn't work, but go ahead and do this. Here's our report. Give that a try and then we'll measure it later on. And then of course the coach comes in and the coach is pulling things out of people using questions and asking, well, what have you tried already? What kind of result have you encountered? Let's brainstorm and come up with some other potential solutions. What else can you think of? So that's uploading rather than downloading information onto somebody. A lot of science-based methodologies coming in. For example, one of our, my business partner, uh, Judith Glazer, she specializes in the neuroscience of trust and relationships. And she's looking at what happens in a conversation will create the trust and, and, and what's happening chemically when the conversation is happening, what's happening with your oxytocin and your cortisol and how they're changing and how you can regulate them and how you can plan for things that are going to happen within that relationship. For example, you know, you, you're going to a sales um, environment. You know that you're about to talk about the price. So you know that as soon as that happens, cortisol is going to rise. When you're about to fire an employee, again, you know that cortisol is going to rise when it happens. And so what you can actually do is you can create an oxytocin bubble where you start by you know, having a conversation and not just jumping straight in, right, I need to talk to you about something serious. And you're sitting down and they've already got raised levels of cortisol. And instead, you can actually have a warming conversation, talk about, you know, it's been great working with you for the last three years. You know, we've seen some really great things that you've done. Really proud of what you've done with this. And this product was amazing. I really like the way that you work with this person. However, you know, recently it's really not been what we're looking for and it's, it's kind of gone down and, and now we're in a position where, you know, we're going to have to let you go. Now, had you just dived straight and said, look, I'm going to cut this short, like you're fired. What can happen is that their cortisol levels rise to such a level that they have an amygdala hijack, then means that they go and do something silly like, I don't know, send everybody an email or take some critical information and, and do something they shouldn't with it, which often happens and it can create a, a big problem. 
But instead, because when, when you create that oxytocin, when you have that nice conversation first, cortisol will bounce off that oxytocin and then they won't have quite the, the big reaction. And, and that the difference between that big reaction and not could be the difference between very disruptive actions happening within the organization or not. So it's very important that executives understand you know, what's happening uh, from a neuroscientific perspective. Uh, level and and it's we're finding increasingly you know if you look at all the Fortune 100 companies for example they're all bringing in neuroscientists and executive coaches to talk about this like all of them and the reason for that is that the science is really developing very fast um, and it's becoming very practical and usable particularly in you know environments like sales environments and and leadership development and just understanding and building things like trust and rapport and things like that, very, very powerful indeed it's funny that you're talking about some of the elements that we would have long considered to be an art the art of developing trust between people and you're putting the science in behind it, the objective facts that actually back up best practices. And I think that's fabulous. So Ethical Coach has now been up and running for how long? We've actually been working on it for about four years now, but this year we had a team of four of us. Yeah. Now we have a team of 107. The last few years I've been saving up money because I'm, I'm privately funding the, the project. Um, I did do a partnership with Harvard Medical School and the Institute of Coaching. Um, that resulted in some funding. And I also did a partnership with Forbes magazine, and that resulted in some funding. And recently, um, we've just received some funding from the uh, International Association of Coaching, which is great. But about 90%, 95% of the funding is actually coming from me privately. So I've been trying to make as much profit I can in my businesses so I can put more, donate some more money into this important project. Wow. Talk about uh, an invested interest in something. I imagine that when you saw it taking off like it has now, that must have instilled a pretty high level of pride in you. How do you feel about this whole project now, now that you're making a big difference in the lives of so many people and you see your vision starting to take off? I'd say before the pride comes the cortisol <laughs> and the, not quite the terror, but it's you know trying to keep my head on my shoulders and manage all my different businesses. I think this year and the last year, I've, I've actually put more in time into more time into my non-profit than I have actually in my for-profit businesses, which was always my objective. But at the same time, it's getting that balance right has been quite difficult, but manageable, fortunately, because I have the world's largest network of executive coaches and some of the very best coaches in the world, so I can draw upon them to keep my head on my shoulders, as I, as I say. It's been an amazing journey, but we really are just getting started and we're really excited to have our first large project in Ethiopia. And the goal of that is that we want to be training 400 NGOs um, as part of that. We're fairly confident we will because we've got some amazing partnerships with some of the large organizations and we took a trip out to Ethiopia We have one of our team out in Ethiopia right now. And the plan after that is then to do a project in the US and then to scale that across the entire world. That is incredible. My hat is off to you. I think what you're doing is fantastic. It is noble. It's changing the world for good. I think that this is really what we alluded to earlier. This is taking it to a whole other level. I think just filled with all kinds of positive feelings and best wishes for you and for your team. I think that this is a really good thing. Listen, before we wrap up, I've got a couple of questions for you, Benjamin. The first is, what challenges do you see facing many of today's leaders out in the world today? Uh, I'm actually going to be speaking at a, a conference next week in Sri Lanka, and one of the focuses is AI. As organizations struggle to incorporate and, and bring in the amazing capabilities of AI, which is going to disrupt almost every industry in the world, particularly service industries, I think that the strong leaders are going to start learning about it. So if there's anyone listening right now, there's a really easy way you can do this. If you set up a Google alert and whatever industry you're in, just put in the name of the industry, 
and AI and just keep abreast of what's happening development-wise in that because it is definitely going to have a huge impact. And so I think that would be my number one to really take the time to learn and keep on top of it so you don't get overcome by what's happening. You can actually see what's happening. People are talking about it happening and then it happens and you're like, yeah, I knew this was going to happen. And so you're able to prepare for it. So it's very, very, very powerful. Yeah, it helps people raise awareness of what's happening around them and then figure out how they can intersect that as an opportunity or as a threat. Yeah, we're going to see within the next 20 years, a good 50% of the workforce is made redundant, right? But with that, in that same time, we're going to see massive opportunities in other areas open up. And so we're not going to see 50% of the workforce out of work. We're just going to see 50% of the workforce moving, um, but, but at a very fast pace, faster than we've, we've ever seen. That, that is certainly going to happen. The way, the way that we know that is we just look at where the money is being invested and significant investments happening in, in robotics and machine learning, AI and, and whatnot. And also, you know, keeping abreast of some of the, the top futurists, which are very important that people keep abreast of that. And then you can see what's going to happen. Well, with the rate of change that you're referring to and the amount of disruption that we're going to be seeing in our society, then the second question becomes important too. What does inspired leadership mean to you, Benjamin? For me to be inspired leadership is if you don't thousand percent believe in what you're doing and believe in what you're doing is adding value to the world, I suggest you change. Unfortunately, if you are a senior executive in a cigarette company, it's very difficult to be inspired, I believe, to be an inspired leader. I, I tr truly believe that. And But you know, if, if you fully believe in what you're doing, you fully believe that what you're doing is having a positive impact in the world, you're proud of what you're doing, you're proud to tell your children about what you're doing, your grandkids about what you're doing. And, and really, that comes from the value that you're adding. Um, and your focus is on how much value you can add, as I said in the start with Buckminster Fuller quote, then I feel you're a truly inspired leader. Well, I'm so glad that you joined us for this show because I consider you to be an inspired leader. With all of the different initiatives that you're involved in and now taking it to this new level with Ethical Coach, all I can say is just bravo, my friend. It's incredible what you're doing. How are people going to find you if they want to connect with you, Benjamin? I think the best way is just to email me. You can just email me, ben at wbecs.com which is ben at wellbusinessexecutivecoachsummit.com and if you email me I'll be happy to send you some cool free things and I won't subscribe you to anything I'll just as a friend of Terry's I'm happy just to give you some cool free things so uh, feel free to email me and I'll send you some amazing courses if you're interested in coaching or if you're interested in being part of Ethical Coach and you or you know some amazing uh, children's charities that would benefit from coaching please feel free to send me an email Incredible. And thank you so much, Benjamin Croft, for being part of Inspiring Leaders. Thank you for having me, Terry. Really appreciate it. Before we close off, I just want to say a big thank you to Kevin Pena, who left us a five-star rating on iTunes and said, you're doing a great job, and that is an understatement. Well, thank you, Kelvin. It's because of feedback like yours that we're able to extend our influence and attract great guests like Benjamin Croft. Folks, if you're enjoying the show, please take a few minutes to support us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, and SoundCloud. Leave us your feedback. It's appreciated more than you know. Thanks again for tuning in to Inspiring Leaders. We hope we've inspired you and that you pay it forward by inspiring others. Take care, everyone.